I'm C.J. Layton, coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowlers Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and Bowling Writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002, 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Lynn Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest is perhaps the greatest bowler that very few people ever had the pleasure to watch, and some of his records and accomplishments are hard to believe unless you have watched them bowl. And I can't wait to talk to him on this show, because I want to learn as much as I can about him. We may have to do 10 or 15 shows to find out everything, because this guy, even though he looks like he's 10 years old, he's been around for a while. So, Phantom fans, here he is, Matt McNeil. And I, I don't want to embarrass him, but I do want everybody to get to know him. So I've got lots of questions for him. So, Matt, are you ready? I'm ready, Phantom. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, it's my pleasure, Pards. I've been wanting to have you on. And trying to track you down is pretty tough. I, I know you just got back from Paris, and you've been rained out of your airport. So you live in Florida, I know. But we'll get into all that in a minute. But... Uh, what I want to know, first of all, is we might as well start at the beginning. Where were you born, and where do you live now? Well, I was born in a small town in southwestern Minnesota. Uh, it's called Chanhassen, Minnesota. That's where I grew up. Then uh, 37 years later, I moved to uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, thankfully, knock on wood, we got lucky with Hurricane Ian. Um, no damage uh, to our home, and uh, and both me and my girl, my girlfriend are safe, so that's a good thing. Oh, that's good news, Barnes. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, I know Minnesota is a tough place to live. I, a lot of tough guys come out of that area, and you probably moved to Florida to get safe, and then you got this thing coming along that <laughs> knocked over almost everything, but fortunately you were gone, and I'm glad to hear that nothing happened uh, as far as any serious damage, but how old were you uh, when you started the bowl? I was uh, walking age, so I was two years old when I started the bowl. Uh, my parents got me a Fisher Price bowling set with the white pins and the 
the little red rubber ball, and uh, I was just enamored with it. I played with it as my favorite toy as a as a youngster growing up, and I just loved to bowl. Uh, so I just instantly had a had a passion for it and a knack for it, and uh, and that was really it. So from age two, I've been bowling. So what'd you do? Set them up in the hallway and, and go down and, and set all the pins up and everything. Oh yeah, and if my grandmother was around, she'd she'd sit behind the pins and and set them for me, uh, which was uh, the best way to go. And then as I got a little older and started throwing the ball harder, she she said, "I'm not going to set pins if you throw it too hard," because <laughs> uh, she would she said uh, she need, needed safety glasses to sit behind the pins. So I guess even at at four or five years old, I was throwing pins around. Well, you know, you had two choices at that point. I guess you made the right one. You, you could have been a pin setter mechanic. <laughs> I've, I've done that, too. I was a mechanic for about five, six years, uh, working between Brunswick and AMF. So I worked on uh, A's, Jetbacks, A2s, 8270s, 8290s. So I got a little I got a little pit experience under me. You know, you amaze me. You totally amaze me. Uh, ever since I met you a few years ago, I met you down at Kegel. I had heard about you for a few years before that. I finally met you, and I really did. I thought you were like 10 years old. And, and after I've talked to about 100 people, you've done almost everything. It's unbelievable how much you've done in just a few short years. But I, I take it you're like in your early 30s right now, right? I'm 37, so, uh, you know, if there's a PBA 40 tour, I'd probably be gearing up for it, but there isn't, so i got to wait for the Raisin tour to start getting in shape again. <laughs> All right, so the next question is, you know, once you got over the infant stuff and you started learning how to really bowl and you got a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger, uh, did you acquire a coach anywhere up in Minnesota? I really didn't have any formal coaching. Um my parents uh, split up when I was younger and we lived very, very modestly. So, um, you know, equipment was pretty much just whatever I could find off the rack. And um, I kind of bowled in my sneakers a lot or, uh, you know, get a pair of hand-me-down unisex shoes. So it was really just a lot of self-taught. Um, I think the first instructor I really had was a gentleman by the name of John East. And he was on Team USA back in the early 90s. He owned a little 12-lane center where I would bowl uh, junior leagues uh, after high school. And that's really kind of the first formal training I got. But fortunately, John was one that just kind of took the natural style that I developed and just tried to make it a little more proficient. He did, really didn't try to make me into a textbook bowler, if you will. So he really nurtured the style that I developed by the time I started seeing him and, uh, and just you know, taught me a few of the finer points of the game. I think he gave more to me mentally than anything else, but it was a, it was a really great relationship for the, you know, few times I would work with John, but otherwise Phantom, I'm mainly self-taught. I always say I got a mama's game because only my mom thinks my game is pretty. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen you bowl and hey, you do have a very pretty game, which makes me think that, you must have watched somebody on the tour when you were a young kid on TV or something to kind of emulate how they did. So is that the case or what? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, where we made up in, in modest means, uh, uh, 
you know, we're, we had modest means, but we made up for it in VCR tapes. And uh, I would tape uh, the tour. And my favorite bowlers growing up were uh, Marshall Holman, Norm Duke, Del Ballard Jr., John Mazza, and Mike Albee. And I loved watching those guys. And I would watch them over and over and over, especially when they would do the side views, you know, when Nelson would draw the lines on them and, you know, and all that. And so those were all the guys I watched. And I, you know, I think it, you know, like they said, you know, you train your brain uh, by watching and it's just kind of all those, all those styles just kind of melded together to, to help me form what I ended up with. Well, those were sure some great selections that you tried to emulate because every one of them is a superstar and probably will be forever and ever, no matter what happens. But, Okay, now you've gotten past being a teenager. Uh, did you go to college? And if so, did you bowl? And which one was it? Well, I did go to college. Um, I went to community college for a little bit, got, uh, got some general credits out of the way, and then I went to Minnesota State, and I did a four-year uh, stint there uh, getting my bachelor's in law enforcement. Um, but I did not bowl for the Minnesota State team. Um, I was I was really busy in the pro shop industry at that point in time and being a weekend warrior. So I was bowling all the weekend tournaments and uh, and working in the shop. I'd drive up, you know, from campus Thursday night, bowl league Thursday night, Friday night, bowl a tournament on the weekends, work the shop. So I was always trying to stay busy, uh, you know, in the shop and, and bowling competitively. So uh, I didn't actually go to a bowling college until 2013 when I went for my master's in criminal justice to Wichita State, and I was there for two years in grad school, and then we ended up uh, winning the national title in uh, 2015. So that was how I ended my college career. That's fantastic. Well, you know, obviously you learn from the ground up. You, you got some good mental tips, uh, which is probably the most important part of any game. And they also learned all about equipment being in a pro shop. But, you know, I I got involved in the PBA. Uh, actually, I started bowling in, in 1955 with my doubles partner, Billy Hardwick, and he went on the tour. I followed him. And then I went to work for the PBA in 71, and uh, I worked for him until 95. And then I left, and I went to work for Kegel. And I thought I'd seen them all, and I did. Uh, it was a pleasure to watch them all from, from Billy Buelu on up to Carmen Salvino, you name it. I watched them all. And then when I left, I heard about two guys that were fantastic. And I thought, who are these guys? And one of them <laughs> was Ron Moore, who worked his earlier years. And then when he became 50, he went on the senior tour and he knocked them dead. And he killed everybody. He was unbelievable, great bowler. I did meet him, and I had him on the show a couple times. And then I heard about you, and I couldn't wait to meet you. And I saw you down in Kegel, like I said, and I thought you were like 13 years old. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, <laughs> one of the top players of all time as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, when, when you went to uh, Wichita State uh, and you said you guys won the title, team championships, uh, was that your best that you did in college, or did you have some other uh, good accomplishments? No, that was really it. And, you know, that's the big one, to win the National Collegiate Championship as a team. I mean, that's what you go to college for. So, 
Um, to, to this day, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's two things that rank up there in my bowling accomplishments. And that was winning the national, uh, collegiate championship with my teammates and then winning the, uh, USBC national team regular division Eagle this year with my teammates and all the individual stuff, you know, it's great, but I'll tell you what, winning the national title with, uh, you know, with your teammates is pretty, pretty special and you get to share it with everybody else. And it's, uh, it's, it's an incredible feeling. So those are, those are definitely the big ones. And that was, that was kind of the, kind of it for me collegiately. I, you know, I just, collegiate was a different world than I was uh, used to. So I was, uh, you know, I was really learning how to be a good teammate and how to, how to contribute more in the city area to my teammates than, than on the lanes. Well, there's no question Wichita State's been a power for years and years. So uh, the coach Vatican, I'm sure he was there when you were there, but uh, not only was he a great coach, but he had a lot of good players. So uh, you learn the right way. However, you know, I really started hearing all about you at the USBC because you had some unbelievable uh, records on there for a few years. And I don't want to embarrass you. But I want people to know you, and, and I want to know what some of your best accomplishments were at the USBC. Uh, well, you definitely argue that, you know, shooting 23-26, which is the all-events record, um, 2010, that was, you know, that was just an unbelievable two days where just, you know, everything everything matched up. I mean, everything clicked, and, you know, I got breaks when I needed to get breaks. I made great shots when I needed to make great shots, and, you know, that was a huge number. Um, I was able to have 800 singles, and I followed it up the next year. I had 800 and doubles, and I shot 2260-something, and that was – I ended up in second or third place for all events that year. And then in 2012, I had 847 in doubles, winning uh, doubles and the all-events eagle again, shooting 2200. Um, and I didn't cash in singles that year. So just there's a fun fact for you. I won all events in 2012, not cashing in singles. So that's uh, that might that might be a record in itself. So I, I thought it was pretty cool to shoot 800 three years in a row at the national tournament and win the all events two out of three years. So uh, that's a that was a pretty good tear. Um, 2015, I was able to win all events again for the third time. Um, that was my fourth Eagle and, and nobody had ever won three all events before. So that was incredibly special. That put me into, you know, one of the top tiers of eliteness of, of that prestigious tournament. So that was, that was unbelievable. Um, and, uh, you know, and then just winning my fifth Eagle just this, this year, uh, it's just one of those things. You just, when you, when you, sometimes you think your time is done and your time has passed and, you get, uh, you know, the, the perfect storm comes along and you see it start to shape up and then you take advantage of it and it ends up holding for the rest of the tournament. It's, it's a pretty special deal. So you just, you never know when it's going to be your last time. So just enjoy the heck out of it when you get it. <laughs> well, you know, you ought to be a rain man with all the perfect storms you've run into, you know. Uh, yeah, I heard you did pretty good in some other kind of amateur tournaments too. Uh was one of them the Peterson? Did you win that too? Yeah, I won the Peterson in 2015. It was kind of a banner year there. I won a lot of stuff in 2015. So we won <laughs> national collegiates. I won all events. I won the 
11thframe.com open, which is a huge, um, uh, huge tournament here in the Midwest. I won the Peterson that year. I think I'm only, I'm, I think I'm the second left-hander. Lee Snow out of Detroit. You remember Lee Snow? I do. I'm sure you do. I think me and him are the only two left-handers to win that tournament. Wow. I could be wrong, but I think it's I think me and Lee Snow are on, the only two left-handers to win that tournament. I could be very wrong, but I, I think that 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 might be another stat. So, <laughs> so I mean that was that was unbelievable, and I won the you know inside bowling open when it was in Missouri, and they were having you know 300 plus entries at Tropicana. Um, I've yeah I've, I've been won the Manitoba Open up in Winnipeg. I've won the Morris Anderson Shootout, which is they get about 220 entries up in North Dakota. Scratch tournament up there. Huge, huge scratch tournament up there. I've won that a couple times. Um, yeah. Just, I'm I just, you know what, I'm tell you what, I'm a really, really lucky guy to be able to travel, to have the opportunity to travel around with a lot of great people and bowl against a lot of great competition. Cause if you didn't bowl against good competition, it, they don't help you get any better. And so bowling against all the great people I've bowled against, you know, it's, I'm pretty lucky to do that. It's a good community. I'll tell you what, I've most of all my friends, I've been around for a long time. I, I got to say 98% of my friends are all related to bowling. And uh, it's just a wonderful community and, and the camaraderie of the guys over the years, even the gals, you know, you can have a whole lot of fun with all of them. But, uh, you know, you've had an unbelievable amateur record. <laughs> I don't think there's anything you haven't won unless there. Yeah. How about the hoinky? Was that going on when you were around? Uh, not really. That That's a tournament I've never bowled. Okay. Uh, but I, I think right when I, I became an amateur in 2006. Okay. So I think it was kind of it was in its last year or last years yeah. and I hadn't really started bowling that. Um, I really only had about four years of bowling the high roller. Um, I got banned from the tat pretty early on uh, <laughs> for life. Uh, but <laughs> so, you know, there's a couple of tournaments. I didn't get a whole too many crack at that. I wish I could have won. But you know what? I'm 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 just thrilled. Bowling's been such a blessing in my life, and now I get to work for Storm, and I'm just I'm I'm happier than Dennis Rodman at a Clinique sale. I mean, I'm just I'm a lucky guy. Uh, wow. Every day I wake up and just say how blessed I am. So. I knew you were humble. I'm telling you because I had that sit down with you that time at Kegel. We were talking, and uh, you're just a humble guy, and you're unbelievable. Uh, so you mentioned Storm. Uh, what are you doing to make a living? Well, I, I work for uh, Storm, Bill and Barb Christman, and um, I'm the PWBA tour manager. I'm also uh, the global brand ambassador. So when I'm not, um, you know, working on tour directly with our players, um, I'm carrying the company banner. I was just in uh, France for 10 days with uh, four of our pro staff ladies uh, bowling the promotion tour, and it's a a great little destination tournament event uh, that gets a lot of uh, live airtime on uh, France, uh, France sports uh, channel. And uh, so we, uh, we were over there competing and uh, just having a great time. We got to spend some time in Paris and a bunch of other cities, Dinan and Angers and Poitiers. And so 
So it was great, you know, and that's part of my job. And I'm going to uh, Costa Rica to go down to Bola Raza uh, next week. And, uh, you know, it's, then we're going to Korea uh, to bowl the Storm Cup. So it's, like I said, I'm, I'm luckiest guy in the world to, to be able to work for the Christmans and represent them on and off the lane. Well, how about one more question before we got to look at the old clock on the wall? But that one is, I'm kind of curious, uh, with your background and the record you've set, uh, are you doing any coaching? Yeah, I do a lot of coaching. Um, I think every probably I spend about an hour a day on Facebook Messenger or Instagram. Uh, you know, people are always messaging me, asking me for layout advice or what ball would be good for them for certain lane conditions or, um, you know, they send me a, a video of their bowling game and I do an analyzation for them um, or people ask me about mental things or, you know, physical tricks or tips. So and we also have a great app it's called the storm app. So you can download the storm app. You can actually interact one-on-one uh, -on -one with, uh, with a, a panel of coaches and you can upload videos of yourself bowling and you can get a virtual video analysis right through your phone, right on the, right on the storm app. So, and we're going to have some other cool stuff coming on that app. There's also, you can take some courses and learn the basic fundamentals of lane play or cover stocks or how to drill bowling, uh, you know, how to lay out bowling balls, um, mental game things. So there's a lot of great stuff on that app where you can definitely broaden your bowling fundamental knowledge. So that's kind of one of the big things I really love doing is giving back to the sport, trying to help other people enjoy it on a higher level, and hopefully they can enjoy it and get as much from it as I've been blessed to get in my life. All right. Well, how do they get onto that site? Uh, you got an address? Well, if you, you can go to stormbowling.com, check out our website. Otherwise, just in the App Store for, uh, for Apple and Android, just type in Storm, and the Storm Bowling app will come up. So you can download it on your phone, create an account, and, and get to work. All right. Well, listen, um, I got to tell everybody, I can't imagine how many emails guys like Johnny Carson used to get, Jay Leno. I get a lot of emails. People want to know, you know, about the pros. They want to know some instructional tips and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they'll, they'll send me an email or a text, say, why don't you say this? Why don't you ask them that? So I'm going to ask you a question. I know they're going to ask me. And okay. The, it's a $64,000 question. Why haven't you gone pro? Well, I was, I was pro for, I, I had a card for, Six years. Um, I did bowl on tour. I made, I bowled about, if you count the World Series as one event, I probably bowled about 12 events. I made over $100,000. I made a couple TV shows. I bowled in the PBA League twice. Um, I bowled on a major TV show. And those were my goals. And I accomplished them. And now I've just kind of moved on. So I, I had my card. I made some money. And I won. Uh, I won the Team USA versus the World uh, on, in 2017, and I won the PBA, uh, the first ever PBA Team Challenge in 2015. So um, I kind of got a pseudo title. I got a couple regional titles. So I'm I'm pretty happy. I was really happy with my <laughs> PBA career, and I just I said, well, you know, it was great. I learned I learned some things. I got to compete against the best in the world. I got to bowl against Belmo and 
Bill O'Neill and Tommy and all those guys and Norm when he was still touring. And I got to bowl against them all. And I had a blast and I learned a lot and I made some money. So it was just time to go in a different direction. So I dropped my card uh, probably a few months ago. So I'm no longer a pro. I'm back to being just a washed up amateur. <laughs> you're, not, you're amazing. You know, uh, you kind of remind me of a baseball player that hits about 350. It's about 30 home runs, steals 40 bases a year, and says, oh, I'm going to go try something else now. You're amazing, man. <laughs> I'm dead serious. And I'm looking at the old clock on the wall. We're running out of time. But I'm going to have you on again because i got some other interesting questions I want to ask you. And I want to make sure that uh, you can tell me if people are, are logging on to your website there, to your uh, app to see if you're, they're picking up any information uh, from you. Because I, I want them to learn from you because obviously you've learned it yourself, Bart. So go ahead, give us a closing statement. Well, Phantom, thanks a bunch for having me on the show. The The app is the Storm app. Once again, just go in the App Store and, and type in Storm Bowling and you'll find it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I always say if there's anything I can do for anybody to help them enjoy a sport of bowling more, uh, that's that's my job. So uh, there's a myriad of ways to get a hold of me. You can get a hold of me on uh, Facebook Messenger, Facebook, Instagram. But uh, anyways, Phantom, I'm just always happy to be on the show. And I still got my rock. I proudly display it, my rock from uh, Golden Pin Lane. <laughs> so I still got my rock on, on my trophy shelf. So thanks a bunch for having me and for uh, being a great friend all these years. All right, Bart. So I appreciate you being on, and I'm going to have you on a few more times. I'm going to pick your brain until you're down to about 120 because I know you're weighing about 130 right now. So, <laughs> Phantom fans, the old clock on the wall does tell me that we're out of time. And I look forward to talking to all of you again next week. We'll have yet another interesting guest to talk to. I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling, which is the greatest sponsor of all, Bill and Barbara Christman. What a team. They've been with me since I started this thing in 2002. Uh, appreciate all their support. Also, Brad Edelman from the High Roller and Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. And trouble And you need some love and care And nothing Well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me